You're listening to Access and Expand, conversations that offer you access to information that expands your mind. I'm your host, Tiffany Curran. so amazing so you want to record a half hour of that and then just can you hear me i can hear you beautifully okay um i think that my mic i mean my um head thing is on my deaf ear oh yeah i'm just enjoying the the bubbles i know i think everybody's enjoying the bubbles i think so too yes so this is um who you're hearing talk the beautiful angel voice is your Olivia voice? McLean. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not the beautiful angel voice, yes, but thank you. you. Yes, um, this is Lydia McLean. Lydia McLean is a breathwork healer, amongst other things, which she'll tell you about. Mm. Um, and we are sitting down to talk about all of the things related to relationships and food yeah. and boundaries with food, or maybe, I don't even know if that's what we should say, right? Like just mm. what... Food, what the hell was that? There's a door, don't worry. It was the spirit of the bubbles. Yeah, Halloween's floating up. Halloween's coming. So it's um, creepy time of year. It's all good. So Lydia, Hmm. I want you to properly introduce yourself because I feel like, you know, it's probably I'm wondering if I'm feeding through your mic. I can I can hear you pretty okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I can see you, which is the most important thing. I know thing. I've never sat so close to somebody. It's I feel like I'm. I'm we like, need a name. I know. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Hi. First of all, I just I love you so much and thank you so much for having me on here. Happy to. Yeah. Uh, so my my name is as Tiff said, my name's Lydia McLean, and I facilitate breath work as well. Uh, I met Tiff actually at Healer Training One about Brooklyn. yeah like over a year ago. Yeah. It's crazy and and here we are we're we're here so in addition to uh, offering breath work I'm also a vocal coach and I work with a lot of teenage girls on helping them find their voice and uh, I'm going to start getting into offering breath work specifically for teenage girls which is something I've been running away from for a long time but I think I think I think Honestly, the more I've gotten into it, the more I'm like, you know, when you when you start to realize what you're supposed to do and yeah. you're like, oh, wait, that's like, the thing. it's the thing. And then you start feeling like you start sabotaging a little bit. You start feeling like, wait a minute, can I do that? Like that voice of like, am I the one that's supposed to do that? Am I am I worthy? Am I qualified enough? And then there's the whole thing of like working with with minors, you know, I teach voice lessons and people, people know what voice lessons are, right? They sign up, they're like, we're going to work on singing. But I started to find like when I was working with these girls, they, they'd come, they'd, they'd be singing. And then I could just, I could tell that they were, they were holding back. Oh, and really? Yeah. I could tell that yeah. they were, you know, when, when you work on singing, you're working on opening up something inside of you that you can't see. You're working on opening your throat. You're working on connecting to your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell people that people ask me like, "Oh, how long have you been doing breath work?" And I'm like, "Well, facilitating this kind of breath work, you know, like yeah. a, a year." But like, I've been working with the breath 
for a long time, singers are, we all are, right? We all breathe, but singers are especially close to their breath. And when yeah. you, when you work with girls who are going through so many changes and are under so much pressure, you know, I live in a, I live in Connecticut and boarding school central, I actually teach at a boarding school. And yeah, it's a really nice school. They it, have horses. It, it's a nice school. Yeah. They, those, yeah. those horses live like a dream life. Mm. <laughs> So yeah. these girls, you know, there's it's high pressure, and sometimes I found that they would show up for a lesson, and we'd we'd start singing, but they would just start talking and be like, I, I can tell you're going through something. Like, what's happening here? And sometimes we'd end up just talking for the rest of the lesson, and I'm like, all right, there's some kind of medicine here that, and there's something I have to be able to help them with. So. Yeah, so long story short is um, that's where I'm, I'm planning on, on taking this work. So, so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, and um, I think that the interesting part about what you're, how you're just discovering it and all of the thoughts about am I good enough and mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. Um, I've always seen that in you because mm. to work with kids, teenagers, especially girls, you have to be a certain person. You have to be open to experiencing whatever they're going through, like that angst moment from a place of understanding and guidance, but also of love and acceptance mm-hmm. and being able to take them through to the other side without being afraid. And so I think a lot of times when adults work with kids and children, for lack of a better word, teenagers, sure. um, there's a lot of fear around seeing them as adult as, as humans right seeing yeah. them as humans with with feelings like well my job is to do whatever right you're getting paid by their parent yeah so I want to make sure this is okay or that I, I don't know exactly where I, I'm trying to say something that's not coming out the way I wanted to say but what I, I think I'm saying is that to be able to hold space for a teenager and really give them the space to be themselves without having any fear around what's going to come up is mm-hmm. huge and it's very uh, it's a certain person that can do it, mm. I think. And I think that it's really your calling because you're very angelic. Mm. And I would love to, very briefly, because I yeah. want to talk about you know the holidays and stuff, mm. very briefly, if you could talk about how you found breath work. Because mm. I always said, you look like an angel. <laughs> right? I think I wrote a post somewhere I should write. I'll put the post into a blog mm. so I could attach it to this. But um, you have this very angelic way about you. Your, your, the way you dress, the way you look, your voice, <laughs> right, your behavior. And so interestingly, you found breathwork through. I f- yeah, so I found breathwork through, actually by accident. I wasn't searching for breathwork. I was at uh, Rebecca Campbell's Women's Empowerment Retreat in, at Omega a couple years ago, and her assistant was Madeline Giles, who offers angelic breath healing, which is the same style that Tiff and I both uh, offer but we you know, at the very end of our retreat we lied down and uh, we were lying down I'm not sure about the grammar of lied laid whatever I, I, it is I don't know when I degree in English I lay lean I lay I lay down with all these these women and and we I was going through a really challenging time I was teaching voice lessons but I knew that I was not really fulfilling my my true calling I felt 
stifled in what I was doing, and I was still kind of freshly working through my eating discover eating disorder and discovering a new way to relate to my body. Yeah. And we just kind of laid down, and, and we're talking about um, going through this breath journey, and it wasn't even a, a question of what we were about to do. We were just... It was at the very end of our retreat, and it was like 60 women, oh. all ages. Yeah, like all in ages. In one circle? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a huge wild. room, like as young as 18, 19, as old as like in their 70s. They really? were like, yeah, they were like mothers and daughters. Like it was, and I was there with my, my good friend Heather. And Is that the Heather that I met? That's the Heather that you're going to meet. I don't know if you've met her yet. Who's the one that went to Aaron's circle in the city? Amanda, okay. who is very similar. Yeah, okay. yes, right. yes, totally. So, so there's the one. Yes. That's why you, okay. Yes. Yeah. So we went to, we went and we just laid down. We did this breathwork journey. And I mean, I went into it with no expectation. I just knew that we were going in with the intention of connecting to the divine and yeah. connecting to um, our our divine feminine within. And yeah. it just rocked my world. I've never, ever experienced anything like that. And I just, at the end, I, I walked up to Madeline and she always says, she's like, you were like glowing, like walking towards me. And I was just like, I don't know who you are, but I need to know who you are and I need to work with you. Yeah. And I was just like, there it is. And then like a week later, I started mentoring with her. her. Yeah. Really? It just kind of, I just, you want to know, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've always had trouble meditating, like traditional meditating. Um, just like, you know, getting Zen and, and closing yeah, my eyes. Hard, like right? I need that guided yeah. meditation. And that's what I love about breath work is because it's so active. Yeah. And, um, little did I know that it just kind of seamlessly worked into me offering it. And, and here we are. Seamlessly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it is, happened. right? Yeah. I think that with breath work, the cool thing is that when it, when it finds you, it shifts everything very quickly, almost yeah. to the point where it's like you're catching up with your life. After. Yeah. Like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Right? Do you feel like that? Yeah. yeah. Like Erin says, you know, Erin Telford, our, our teacher, she says it's very self-selecting, right? It's like... Self-selecting. Yeah, like yeah. breath work. It kind of chooses you. Yeah. And the people that are drawn to it, I find are, you know, some of the people I'm the closest to in, in the world. Yeah, I know. I feel like are. our healer training one. Oh. By the way, I think I'm taking these off. Like, it sounds so funny today for me. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, it's like an echo, but I like it. Right, but it's not on yours, or it is on yours. Just a tiny bit. I feel like mine's worse. Mm. Do you think so? Maybe. Right. Maybe. Should we stop and listen? So yeah, so the audio does sound okay. <laughs> as okay as it's, it's ever sounded. good. We liked it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think self-selective is a great way to... I, I've never heard Aaron say that, actually. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Yeah, it's... I, I just actually... I just listened to a podcast, her like, the most recent one she did, and she talked about that, and I was like, oh, that really, like... You know, people come to a circle, and... It's always like 80, 20, right? 80% of the people are like, yeah, yeah. that's amazing, yeah, you know? Exactly. Like, give me more. And then, like, there's a few people, and you're like, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, this one's like, yeah. Scary, scary face. <laughs> or there's that, yeah. right? There's and that it's too. so, and it's so funny. So, my, my students, I've been working with an intern this summer, and I've been talking to a few of my students that um, are 
in like that transition of like middle school to high school where everything just starts getting really gnarly. Oh, it's gnarly. (laughs) Like literally I have, sometimes I have students come in and it's just like my life's falling apart. And I'm like, yeah. I will. We might end up just break Saturday dancing on here. I know. You know, can you imagine? It, it might happen. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know, I, I've I've been asking them, like polling them, like what do you, what do you guys need? Like what what do you need? Where do you feel like you're not getting the support you need in your in your family life at school? Like what's missing? And a lot of them say, you know, their teachers are starting to do like more meditation, more mindfulness, which oh, really? is cool. Yeah, like a little yeah. bit, right? Which is cool. But they're like, yeah, there's just some kids who I think will just not take it seriously. And I was like, that's fine because you know what? It's not for everybody. Not it is for everybody, but not everybody's ready for it. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Right? It's like we don't have to try to make it. But also I think good. meditation, the the technical if you think of the class if you if I were to ask you what does meditation look like, right? I think almost everyone would say sitting quietly. Yeah. Easy seat. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a mudra. Mm-hmm. Clearing their mind, right? And maybe mm-hmm. doing a mantra. Maybe mudra mantra, like clear mind, and maybe breathing. Maybe saying om. Yeah. And that's the classic. Mm-hmm. Or like the transcendental meditation, right? But there's also moving meditation. Yeah. And this breath work is a meditation. Yeah. But it's active. So mm-hmm. you're not having to wait and watch your thoughts, right? Like I think when people are like, just you know, let your thoughts go. I'm like, you don't have to let them go. Just go back to belly, heart, exhale. That's if you just keep part. focusing on the breath, you don't have to consciously let them go. Just go back to the breath. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a mantra. It's just you're you're actually feeling your body engage. Yeah. Right. One hundred percent. So yeah. let me ask you, yeah. um, because we're moving into the season of food. Oh, are we ever? And um, the season of food, I feel like, I mean, to some degree, I feel like our country is always the season of food. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like just, just a little side note, Lydia and I are going out for dinner after this, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but so um, we're coming into, like, Halloween candy holidays yeah thanksgiving hanukkah christmas whatever holidays are coming up through those Mm -hmm. and uh you had mentioned an eating disorder yeah and so as much as you're comfortable sharing if you want to talk about how um how having being in recovery Mm. with this eating disorder and breathwork and how Mm. breathwork has potentially shifted things for you obviously they have and how we move forward into the relationship with food, the relationship with people around food. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk about that too, because like I said to you earlier, I am the opposite. I'm an emotional eater. So if you're eating bread and I don't eat bread, then I feel like I'm, I'm failing you. So mm-hmm. I overeat. So you mm-hmm. talk about Ugh. in any way you want to enter this conversation, like go for it. Well- First of all, I love talking about it, and it's yeah. it's like rare that I I really feel like I can dive into it. So thank you for thank you for asking me. Oh, of course. Because it's something that I have some distance on now, but at the same time, I I am always processing it. And around the holidays, it's like every year in my recovery, I, I have like a moment where I have to check in with myself because I'm like, oh, and it's a really good gauge around the holidays to be like, okay, where am I in my relationship with food? In my relationship with my body, in my relationship with family members, because 
whether I like it or not, they all somehow around the holidays seem directly connected, you know, because yeah. like right after the holidays, we hit this time where it's like new year, new you, everyone go on a diet, you know, yeah. and it's triggering. Yeah. It's so triggering. So long story short, I, when I was young, I grew up in a family that, um, on my dad's side, you know, we'd sit down and we'd have a meal. It was always quick and that's when the conversations um the difficult conversations would happen and during dinner yeah during dinner and it was like a time where we talked and and from an early age i i just wanted to not upset anybody that was like my role and i i had a very decisive role i was the one that just kind of made everything fine and like smooth things out like let me not say something that's going to offend anybody let me just like be the good girl right? right so i learned whenever there was a difficult conversation coming up like i learned to just okay i'm just going to go look down at my plate and just eat right so my my first my first relationship with my eating disorder was through binging was through filling myself quickly at the dinner table and then and then feeling guilty. I remember feeling that way very, very young. And feeling guilty about eating? Yeah, feeling okay. guilty about... I just didn't know if you meant like retreating into the food and ignoring the people at the table because you didn't want to... Feeling guilty about all of it. Feeling yeah. guilty, and even I didn't know this at the time, but feeling guilty about like not showing who I was, not not saying what I wanted to say, yeah. but like being really passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a family of addiction and there was that dynamic just brings brings a lot out in, mm. in especially around mealtimes. So um, fast forward to like adolescence and getting older and in my body changing and I was always a little bit curvier than my my friends always had a little bit more tomboy figures and I always was very self-conscious about that mm-hmm. and um, I was a figure skater right I was a figure that. skater yeah. so my like preteen years were spent at, at the skating rink and it, it was very all about I mean it's not doesn't take like a psychologist to figure this out it's all about like who's the skinniest and who's you know, who can jump the highest, right? Still Very now, competitive. But it's still now. Oh yeah. yeah. It's still it still is. So I I figured out this equation of, oh, if I'm thinner, then I'll be able to move faster and jump higher. Mm-hmm. So I just like stopped eating. Yeah. <laughs> it like it hit me, it was very easy. Yeah. I just was like, oh, I just won't eat. And um, that worked for a few months and then it started getting um, you know, to be uh, damaging to my health. Yeah. You know, I didn't get my, my, my menstrual cycle until I was a lot older. You know, my mom took me in for counseling and stuff like that. And I, I thought I had a pretty good handle on it. I was like, okay, I'll eat a donut every once in a while. Right, right. I'll, <laughs> you, I'll just let go. Yeah, I'll just right. let go. Right. So it's just like, all right, we're just not going to care. So I, I would say that that was my first bout with it, but I never, like, dealt with why this is happening why why do i feel like i need to be the one that's like perfect in my family it was all like very unconscious behavior but how old were you i mean that i was like 11 12 yeah 13. i mean who, who would be able to do that right at that age? like no one no yeah, yeah. so later my, my big relapse was it was, was in grad school and i was i went to school for music very competitive program and i was struggling to um, grapple with 
what the heck I was doing with my life. Like, you know, you have this idea, you go to school, and then you get a job, but singing doesn't work out like that. No. There's no, like, no. I'm going to get a nine-to-five, and I'm going to be a professional singer. Like, yeah. it right. doesn't, there's no path like that. So my sense of security was like, no, there's yeah. no sense of security. Yeah. And that rocked my core. So I had to find something to control. So I was like, oh, easy, I'll go back to food. I remember having this thought of like, I can do this. I did this before. But was it conscious <laughs> like that? Yeah. Wow. It was conscious. It was so like intentional. said, there's nothing I can control in my life. Yeah. But I can control what I put in yeah. and how much. And here's, and here's the tricky thing. Here's the really, you know, eating disorders are one of the most mysterious. Uh, the, they come from an OCD, kind of the family of that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's never about the food, right? It's always about the other stuff that's behind it. But it, it's tricky because especially in our society now, that's like, we, we have so much information. We know that like eating plants is really good for you. We know that eating a bunch of sugar and all the stuff we like our parents gave us in the 90s, no offense, mom, but like all that yeah, stuff, yeah. we know that that wasn't so good for us, right. you know? And so when I relapsed with my eating disorder, it was like under the guise of, I'm just going to be so healthy. Of course. I'm just going to be my healthiest self. Dude, I feel that too, though, <sighs> right? Like you just can, yes. you can make it. Like we talked about, like um, omitting foods that aren't healthy. Yeah. But maybe with that side, that side understanding of like, and by the way, <laughs> less calories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And right. this is, we were chit chatting before the podcast a little bit about this. Is like, this is where it gets. You got to get really clear with yourself and really straight because I know that there you can find a place within yourself where you're like, you know what, I'm, let's say you're, you're vegan or you're a vegetarian, I'm not gonna eat meat because of X, Y, and Z. And yeah, sure, I, so a side note, I went, I went vegan, that was like my thing. I was like, I'm gonna be vegan and I'm gonna lose weight and I'm gonna save the environment at the same right. time, right? But it wasn't about me caring whether or not this chickens were safely, you know, humanely raised. It was yeah. about what the heck's gonna make me the skinniest, the fastest. And like the side note of, oh, but this is so healthy was right, like so very soothing and very like misleading. But there's that book called Skinny Bitch. Mm. And um, they're pla- it's a vegan platform, right? Yeah. So they're called Skinny Bitch, or the book is called Skinny Bitch, but the, the purpose is to get you to be vegan. Mm. Okay. So. Right there, the title is Skinny Bitch. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like they go hand in hand, so it's very easy to make one be the other. Yeah. Right? No one's, we're keto. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. People go keto to lose weight, but they're also, well, I mean, I guess that's not a bad example because they are eating animals, right? Yeah. But, it, and so I guess, like, the point is that it, it doesn't matter what, uh, it always matters what's the most important thing is why. Right. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. I believe that if someone is chooses to, to live a vegan lifestyle and they have like if they have their priorities straight and they're doing it for health reasons, they're doing it for, you know, but that wasn't me. Like I was in this to be like, what's gonna get me skinny? 
quick. And you knew that. And I knew that. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. I had that. I had those apps on my phone. I counted my calories. I was like vegan and only eating like 1,200 calories a day. And I'm like 5'8". I, I, I can't imagine <laughs> how you would eat 1,200 calories a day vegan. It was... Like what do you eat? I, yeah. I would eat like... I have like very, another part of the eating disorder is you only eat the same foods. Like for me, part of my, my anorexia was I just have the same oatmeal every day, the same raspberries, the same cucumbers, the same, it was like that for months yeah. because that was like stability, that was control and right. it felt so good. But and it also, yeah. it, from, from the perspective of um, not having an eating disorder, it makes sense, right? You yeah. just make it easy. It was food. easy. Right. It was easy. It was mindless, and I could see how people around you wouldn't see it as yeah. a problem. Yeah. Right. Because you're just doing this thing. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. a problem until I really lost a lot of weight. Like I'm a naturally curvy, healthy, like solid. You know, I, I, I'm comfortable with curves. That's my yeah. body just likes to live there. But I went down like. 30 pounds in like oh a matter of like two months holy shit yeah and i i won't say numbers because i yeah, you know numbers right, can be very triggering right, right. for people but um like my hair was falling out mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep as well mm-hmm. i remember my studio in grad school was on the top floor like four floor four flights up and i'd have to like pause walking up the stairs no yeah and i was like pretty fit i was also working out intensely as well but I got to the point where I couldn't exercise because I'd have to eat more calories, and I wasn't about to do that. Yeah. And um, and I would just start crying in the middle of my classes. Like you, when, whenever you are, and I'm gonna walk carefully with this again because these kind of things can be triggering for people. But whenever you're that um, deprived of nutrition, your body just starts to fall apart like I like my hair was falling up falling out I was losing control of like everything losing control of my emotions losing control like I would forget things forget conversations with people like my memory would go people would talk to me and be like are you high like what's and I'd be like no (laughs) you know I was just starving I was starving Starving. yeah Yeah. and my family had an intervention I got um I remember actually sitting and it was around the holidays, right before the holidays. I was sitting in a cafe with my family celebrating my birthday. And my my dad looked at my now fiancé, and he's like, okay, I'm going to get her a cake. I'm gonna, I know she's not going to eat it, but it's vegan, but I'm, I'm going to get it anyway. And he got, he got me a cake, and I just burst out crying. I just, because it wasn't on my, my plan for the day. I didn't budget those calories. And I, I was like, that. this. Yeah. My dad was just trying to do something so nice. And, oh, like I was like crying in the bathroom. And my family was like, look, everyone had their own way of talking to me about it. But eventually, like, it was my fiance was like, you, like, he said something to you? Yeah. He, yeah. he, it was like, you, you need to do this. And what really got me help. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You need to do what? You really need to get help for this. Like, on your birthday? It was around my birthday, yeah. Okay. It was like that weekend. Yeah. And he was like, um, you know, I'm really scared. He was like, it wasn't from a place of like, I'm worried about you. Like, I think you should talk to someone. It was like, I think you're going to die. Like, Jesus. that kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was bruised. Like, I couldn't touch things. Like, if I touched things, my, my, my body would 
um, I get bruises and, and things. And um, I couldn't see it. So this is, this is the kicker, and this is something we can talk about too, is when you have body dysmorphia, yeah. what you see in the mirror is not what everyone else sees. This is a real thing. Most people have this to a certain degree. It depends on your emotional state. Any day of the week, you can look in the mirror and be like, I look slamming. And then some yeah. days you're like, I am the fattest thing ever. Like, whatever, you know? Yeah. And um, so, but what really got me help and um, what really changed the course of things was when I went to the doctor for my checkup around my birthday and they looked at me point blank and they're like, look, um, you, you either need to stay check yourself into a hospital. Oh my God. And my platelet level was, I would have the half amount of platelets you're supposed to have. So if I would have been cut, I would have possibly like bled out. Yeah, it was, it was, and it happened so fast too. And it was hard, hard to believe it. And, um, so I was like terrified of dying. Right. Just, I had to like really hear that to be like okay I'll do whatever I'll eat a burger let's go yeah (laughs) you know I'll do whatever I mean that's the most amazing that's the most amazing life-changing moment I think where (sighs) you're tossed that ball yeah right like I'm going to die yeah if I don't change and it sounds you know we all have different catalysts that like get us on a spiritual path or get us the help that we need and there's nothing like a, all right, if you want to live, get help. Or if you don't, this is where this is going. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts. I just, I knew that if I didn't get help, it wasn't, there was nothing. And that's the yeah. thing. That was the moment that yeah. sort of scared you into recovery. Yeah. It, I was, I was panicked into recovery. So I, yeah. I, I've always been, a, I was a good student. So I was like, okay, I am going to order this is before Amazon Prime, but I was like, I'm going to order all the books online that I can find about recovery, eating disorder, eating disorders, and it led me to more spiritual books like Women, Food, and God. I forget which oh, yeah. one. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a few more, but I got a great therapist, and I just like studied. I just every night I would be in bed and and studied and and read and journaled and started to look at look why I was so stuck in this like obsession with being thin and and what I learned from that was it wasn't about being thin it was about being perfect and it's like Hmm. what well you're you know perfection is not real so what what is this about and then it's all the family stuff started to come up all the anxiety started to come up around my career my relationships and I really realized like food was a way for me, my re- healing my relationship with food yeah. would be the first step in me healing everything else. Mm. It wasn't like I had, I healed my relationship with food and then everything else was like, great. It was just like, this is a tool. This is actually something that's an opportunity yeah. for me to be like, let me use this as an example of how I can relate to my body in a new way and how mm. I can feel safe and how I can take a deep breath in my body and allow my belly to expand and not like that was hard for me for so long if I breathed into my belly it was like oh I'm fat right (laughs) but it's like that's the thing right everybody tells you to pull your belly in yeah 
Mm-hmm. And I find myself saying that all the time with my students. You know, they wear these like tight jeans and I'm like, all right, whatever you wear for lessons, you're going to have to be able to expand your belly. Like, and I have them put their hand on their belly and say, it's safe. It's safe for me to take up space. And, and do they feel yeah, that? I think so. I think yeah. it takes them, it takes them a while. Some are easier than others, but just to, and I try to address it. And mm. there's some, you know, people you have to be careful with, but it's like just that ability to like, be able to let your belly hang out and be like this is the way it's supposed to be yeah and it just it feels there's so much wisdom and having an open belly there's so Mm. much like when we wear yoga clothes and stuff like that that's that's all I wear now I don't I I think I own one pair of jeans and I think I've worn them once in the past like two years but it's like they're intense they're intense and and they, they they constrict us and there's a time and place if you're in a good place for it go for it but like when I was in my early stages of healing, and even now, it's like if I want to feel good in my skin, it, I gotta be comfortable with right. what I'm wearing. Yep, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so, do you think that uh, if you had you, hmm. would you have been able to make a shift? Like, I I always wonder what what's the turning point to go down. You know. <sighs> Like, I had someone in my life, my grandmother, who was always, like, the gem for me that probably kept me, I don't even want to say sane because I don't think it's, I don't think it's about sane or not sane, kept me feeling loved enough to move forward. Hmm. Like, do you think that that's the case? Like, you just need that one person to be like, you can let your belly out. I think it makes a really big difference when someone we're close to mm-hmm. that can see that and know that and be like, just say that small little adjustment to us. It's like, it's okay. But ultimately, like, we have to be the ones to, to parent ourselves into that. And society doesn't, it doesn't make it easy. You know, no. it's like, it's, I think since in the past, like, oh gosh, it's been like seven or eight years since this was like really happening for me that styles have changed more like free-flowing things yeah um i think there's there's always going to be pressure on women to look a certain way but i think there's a lot more people kind of fighting back against that and embracing their body but i know that all of it can get really kicked up around the holidays and that's like for sure when we have to like check in with ourselves <laughs> and one of the things I started doing like in my early days of recovery was like I planned my outfits for like Thanksgiving and stuff like that I was like I know I'm gonna wear something loose because if I'm eating and I can't feel myself breathe this isn't gonna end well <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's you know it, it's it seems like a small thing but no, I feel that too. And, yeah. and, you know, I said to you earlier, um, I, I could joke that it, you know, I had the opposite. Like I always joke, like, I, you know, I, I couldn't be anorexic if I tried, mm-hmm. which is probably sort of, um, um, you know, not really the most highly evolved thing to say. But the truth is that for me, my trigger is to eat more, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm at dinner and someone says, oh, how come you're not having more french fries? Mm. I have more french fries so that they feel happy. Yeah. You know, like in my family, my dad was the one that drank. My mom didn't. So it would be like, oh, are you going to have wine? Well, I don't know one else will. So like, or, or dessert. Oh, I don't want to get dessert unless you're getting dessert. Will you get dessert? So I'd be mm. like, always be like, yes, yes, yes. 
And I always would feel awful after because I would stuff myself mm. for everybody else instead of creating the boundary for me. Like, I'm full. Thank you so much yeah. for asking. I'm happy to sit with you and have coffee or water while you have dessert, mm. right? So how, I mean, how do you feel like people from wherever, right, dealing with this in whatever way they are, whether it's being triggered to monitor or being allowed to say no, like how do you how do you navigate all oh, this? It's so especially with family like yeah. that, and I grew up with a family that food was never that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But for example, in my in my fiance's family who I adore, food is love. Like food is his mother's a, a fantastic cook. His dad always takes us out for beautiful meals. It's yeah. like. Food is the equation of of love. What's his background? Um, I want to say they're like it's like Pennsylvania Dutch. Okay, German. so it's not like um, Italian. And not 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 like the manja manja. Right, I mean, right, kind right. of. There's yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a little bit of that too. Okay, but it's like, and I remember when I was first in recovery, and I would go to his parents for Thanksgiving or something like that. It was like I had to like do some work on myself like a week beforehand like prepping for that moment being like okay um i'm gonna make sure i bring my uh i would would only bring foods that i would eat right because i was still vegan at that point but so so that makes it like an excuse right yes yes and i would be and and his mother was so sweet she would you know she would try to cook things Mm. that i would like and Mm -hmm. It would always, it would just be such a hard place for me to be in, to be, because number one, you bring in kale to Thanksgiving dinner, and that, <laughs> that feels kind of funny if you're in a family that's yeah. not traditional. And and around the holidays, everyone else at the table, all of their stuff, because everybody has at some point some kind of disordered eating. Not everyone has an eating disorder, but we all have some kind of disordered eating, whether we eat because we're sad or we you know it doesn't matter like it's just ingrained in our culture and I remember like there were some dinners where I would just be like you know what I just want to fit in with everybody else and be normal and I'm just like screw it I'm going to eat the turkey I'm going to have the whole thing then afterwards I would feel shit feel horrible yeah. And I'd be like, I can't wait to wake up the next day and work out, you know? And, yeah. And then just eat my green juice. And yeah. I, that was like a cycle for years. Is that like exercise bulimia? Yeah. Yeah. That was part, I had um, two things. I would, the anorexia, and then there was the binge and purge with yeah. food and then exercising. Yeah. 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 But it's, the thing I can, the thing that's been the most helpful for me around the holidays and something that, like last Thanksgiving, I remember being like, I remember eating dinner. I think it was with my family and his family. I forget who was there, but I remember being like, it's so great to walk away from Thanksgiving dinner being like comfortably full and none of that fullness is full of guilt. Right. Like I just was like, I'm so like comfortable. Satisfied. Satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. Like satisfied and satisfied from a place of like gratitude Mm -hmm. of like I'm so grateful that 
these people made this food. I'm so grateful that I'm in a place where I can have those mashed potatoes and I can have those sweet potatoes and I can have enough. And if someone says, um, have some more, I know that I don't need to validate them, like, them by mm-hmm. doing it. I can say, I'm full. Thank you so much. It's so delicious. Like, thank you. I appreciate all that you did to prepare this. Yeah. And there was a while whenever I'd start to feel the pressure, I would just have to put on a hard, like, no. Yeah. And I think that's where I am. Yeah. And that's like, if that's where you are and that's going to be the highest form of self-love and self-preservation you can do, then that's like what 100% where you need to be. Mm. Everyone's individual on this. It's like, I started having check-ins for myself when I was eating around the holidays being like, okay, like make sure I drink a lot of water, make sure I do some self-care for myself, you know, like during the day so I can be really present with my meal and know like go slowly. Like what if I, what if I set my fork down and what if I breathe in Right, between? you wrote a post about that. Yeah, it's so powerful. You have to like uh, if you link breathe, to that. Yeah. Um, if you breathe, in between your bites like it's like you chew your food like all the things you know like you're taught when you're a toddler like you know chew your food like sit up straight like all these things that are going to help your digestion it's legit and you know what's (laughs) funny what you're saying i'm thinking about eating with you later and i'm Mm -hmm. feeling triggered at the thought of having to take breaths between my bites yeah that's and I'm I have not been diagnosed with anything. Um, mm. You know, it's always interesting how food is. Um, it's such a trigger because we can't not eat. I know. That's right, the like thing. you, like people who are in recovery for alcohol or drugs, mm-hmm. like NA. Right, mm. there's like all that. I mean, there's Overeaters Anonymous, but there's something about like food is not really taboo unless it's like a taboo food, right? So mm-hmm. like people might be. Um, turned off by like fast food or Dorito, like whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so don't eat sugar or don't eat this. And we have the people who are not eating meat or not eating gluten or whatever, mm-hmm. like there's taboo stuff. Yeah. But generally like no one's going to, no one really. So, okay. Two things really quick. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's in recovery mm-hmm. who, um, when I would make plans to see her, and I knew that she was in recovery. It's still pretty fresh. She couldn't go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Like if I said, yeah. let's meet up, she's like, we can meet for tea. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. And mm-hmm. and she couldn't, she wasn't telling people that she was in recovery. So like socially, everything was shot. Yeah. Like, let's grab a bite and then go to the movies. Mm. Or like, let's meet for some appetizers. Like, why aren't you eating? Right? Like, so... Mm. Um, when someone isn't drinking, but they don't say they're not drinking, it's like, are you pregnant? Are you sick? Yeah. When someone is not eating, it's like, why? But you're yes. so thin already. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. I'm eating. Like, there's, there's a lot of that. Like, oh, there's so look much at that. you. You're so. Also, I have another friend who did was an ex, in recovery for exercise bulimia. Mm-hmm. And when she went into recovery, she said to me, please never tell me that I look good. Yeah. Like, you could say, you look so happy. Or, I love your outfit. But don't yeah. say... Because it's not, I look so thin or I look so mm-hmm. heavy. Um, but my high school best friend was very anorexic. Like she, mm-hmm. her mom was a nurse. Her mom didn't see it. No one saw it. And when I tell you, again, without getting into numbers, um, I, there wasn't much but bone. Yeah. And I really thought she was good. Her boyfriend was like 
touching her breast area and thought he felt a lump. Mm. It was her rib. And so as an adult, um, I don't want to say too much about who she is, Mm -hmm. but um, it's had its ramifications and she's still like just struggling. And the thing is, you have diets on TV, you have um, like liposuction. Again, you talked about ads. There's also the body positive movement, which is great, but there's also like stuff associated with that. Yeah. And then there's yeah. like all the diets. Like I know a lot of people who are in recovery who will go into like, I'm going to do, hmm. I'm going to make it up, but like plexus or isogenics or whatever to get my nutrients to, mm. to make sure I'm eating enough. That's not really the truth. Mm. I mean, they know that. And they're like, I realize I shouldn't do this, whatever. Mm. So it's interesting. I'm it's, really, yeah. I mean, we could talk, it's, we've been talking for about an hour. <laughs> we could talk about this forever, but, um, yeah. and we can continue this conversation. Yeah. Um, but what I want to just, I'm going to ask you to, if you haven't created a blog from the post you did last mm. November, I'm going to ask you to make it a blog so that yeah. I could share it with this. Yeah. And um, and I also want to ask you really quickly, um, so breath work, yeah. how did this affect? Oh, God, it changed everything because part of, I was saying earlier, you know, when you're able to take a deep breath in your belly and not hold all of that energy in and not value your self-worth on how tiny your belly is, but when you're doing a practice that is based around releasing your belly. Mm-hmm. And the singing technique I, I teach, the breathing technique is all about releasing your belly too. It's to feel safe. Like I remember like when I was first doing breath work, I'd never felt so safe in my body and never felt like, oh, like if I think about expanding and taking up space, like those were words I would have never used before. Like no. I wanted to be as small as possible. Yeah. Don't look at me. That yeah. kind of a yeah. thing. Like sure. it started out as a place of like, let me be, I just want to like, you know, be perfect. And then it was like, no, let me disappear. Right. And me too. to have yeah. a practice that's like all about, you can go to this safe space. Like what breath work does is it helped. It still helps. It always helps me grapple with those emotions, the mm. anxiety, with the depression, with the anger, with with any sort of any sort of stuff that's all the things that were behind yeah. eating, mm-hmm. and that's that's really like once I started getting a handle on on my relationship with food and my relationship with body, it was about the anxiety, all of that that was underneath it that needed to be healed, and breath work has helped me go to that safe space in my body where I can like. I can find peace yeah. and I can focusing on taking how like taking up so much space yeah. and just feeling feeling free. It makes me feel out of control, which for someone like me who struggled with control issues feels so liberating. Yeah. It feels like oh, it feels yeah. so good yeah. to just be like wild and free and then find a peaceful place with yourself with that. Like, damn. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. It's just, so it's... It's really letting go. Yeah, it's yeah. letting go of all of, and like the years of mistreating my body and helped me find forgiveness. Mm. And like, 
but forgiveness is a practice too, just like breath work. It's, I forgive myself over and over and over again. And like, maybe I have a day um, that I have some food that I know might not make me feel my best. Like, I've learned to just forgive it and let it go. Yeah. And then that took me a while to get there. Yeah. But like, you can do it. Yeah. And then like, it just starts to fade away. Mm. It, it starts, that voice starts to get smaller and smaller the more that we fill ourselves with love and we fill ourselves with positivity and we fill ourselves with with joy. Yeah. Know? So yeah. no foods are off, are off limits. No. And I was going to say this yeah. earlier. I definitely yeah. want to touch on this real quick. I don't, it, it's so easy to be like, I'm following this diet or I'm doing this and this and I, I know myself very well I'm, I'm always learning things about myself that's for sure but one thing I know is that I cannot use a label mm -hmm. I will never be able to say like oh I'm not eating that or I'm not eating this because if I go to any sort of all or nothing I'm screwed that's yeah. control for me yeah same with exercise like yeah. Today I'll be like, I'm going to work out, but I might not tomorrow. Like I can't block out. Yeah. I can't get too strict. And for me, that's helped me to actually eat healthier mm -hmm. and be more intuitive. Rather mm -hmm. that you don't have any rules and you just allow your body to eat whatever it's telling you. Yeah. You're going to start eating more vegetables. You're going to start eating more fruit. You're going to start eating things that make you feel good because you're listening because you're not like oh I, I can't have this because it's not on my diet plan yeah and I think that and this is just where I am because I'm sh I know that there's people there that can follow things in a healthy way but I think most people are like this that yeah if we if we get off of our diet that leads to shame that leads to guilt that leads to feeling like you're a failure Mm -hmm. And then you have to like start a new diet and right. download a new app on your phone and yeah. start a whole new thing. So it's been a few years of now where I just, nothing's off limits. Yeah. If people, and that, I always used to be that person to be like, oh, I'm having a dinner party. Oh, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can't eat that. And it's so freeing whenever someone invites me over that I don't have to give You're any disclaimers. Sure. I just show up. Yeah. And if there's cake, I'll have some cake. Like, if you want it. If I want it. Right. If I want a bite. Like, I used to do this thing where I just would try it. I just would try it. And, like, if it's, if it's damn good, I'm going to finish it if yeah. I want it, you yeah. know? But I never thought I'd ever, ever get there. And I know that breath work has been a huge tool in that. That's amazing. Yeah. And you post a lot of times your workout. Not your workout, but mm. your post-workout. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think if people didn't know your history, mm. they may not really understand what you're doing. Yeah. Just showing that you can show up for yourself in whatever way feels yeah. good, and you're moving to move to feel good yeah. in whatever way feels good, right? Yeah. Um, which, so I highly recommend people following you. Your Instagram is at... Lydia... McLean. McLean, yeah. So can you spell it? Yeah, it's um, at L-Y-D-I-A dot M-C-C-L-A-I-N. So, and we'll have all this below, but yeah. if someone wants to look you up right now while they're listening, they can do that. Um, so, and I wish we had more time, but I want to mm -hmm. just say, uh, so when people come to you, do you mm -hmm. find a lot of the time, not all the time, of course, but do you find that you're attracting people who are working through these issues? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Whether it's, um, it's eating, eating disorder or alcohol or I mean, it all runs under the same family of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, 
stress, all of it. And it's, um, I never thought that I'd ever be working in that vein. I thought actually for a while it'd be really triggering for me. Yeah. But I know it's a huge sign of where I am in my recovery to yeah. be like, I can hold space for this. Cause I think there's a certain point when like you're working through something, yeah. it's fresh. Yeah. It's going to bring up that trauma. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that working with teenagers would bring up that trauma for me from when I was a teen, but it actually, I'm like, no, I'm evolved past this. Yeah. And that's really cool because I can relate to and it. And it's quick. And it's quick. Yeah. It can happen like that. Like yeah. we don't, Sometimes it might take a whole lifetime. Sometimes it might happen quickly. Yeah, breathwork, I think, makes it. Oh, huge. Huge difference. So people who are listening and saying, like, I don't live in Connecticut, Mm -hmm. and I really want to work with her. And you did this with Madeline. Mm -hmm. You worked remotely. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked remotely exclusively with her. Yeah. Right. So how do people do that? What does that look like? Yeah, so I do virtual sessions on Zoom. Super easy. If you have a computer and you have Wi-Fi, you can do them wherever. You yeah, it's free. Zoom is free. It's free. Yeah. It's free. And the thing about um, the thing about this practice is that you can do it anywhere. You don't need any special equipment. Mm. You can you don't have to have a microphone or anything. And what's so so powerful about I think doing virtual sessions is that you you can be in your own space. Yeah. And there's already like you're in your sacred space. Yeah. And I you agree. have like that privacy mm-hmm. almost. And like a one-on-one session in person is amazing. But like to be able to be in your jammies in your bedroom or wherever you are. Not have to leave. Not have to leave. Mm-hmm. You can snowing outside doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's I I've felt so such deep connection to people and they're like in another country yeah and and that's it i think that's the magic of virtual work so um yeah because i've done virtual too it's the same thing like i've been the the person breathing Mm -hmm. um with aaron and it's like i'm i'm she hangs up Right, mm-hmm. and I could just lay there for twenty minutes and cry. Or That's what cu- I do. Right, <laughs> right, or cuddle my dog yeah. or whatever. Um, so I would like to encourage, and so, and again, we're breathwork mm-hmm. healers, and we know a lot of healer breathwork healers, and I always like to be able to refer people to other friends of mine who work mm-hmm. in different capacities than what I like specialize Same. in. I think we all do. We all do everybody. We all we all do everybody. That's not what I meant. <laughs> we all work with everyone. Yeah. But you're really, I think, vo- anything with the voice, right? Finding your voice, mm. having a voice, yeah. working with younger girls, teenagers, I think is huge for mm. you. Um, but also, and there's more, and we can continue this at a later time because Lydia <laughs> has a lot to offer. But uh, especially with you know, um, people who are working through eating disorders or may feel that sense Mm. of controls coming up or in recovery, I think you guys should definitely check her out. Um, Mm. Last November, when Lydia was here, uh, you came to an event that I was doing. It was like a day event. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And everyone, all my students started following you Mm. and you had spoken about something that you would have said or something. I don't remember how it all went down. And you wrote this post and I shared it and and I still hear about it Mm. because it was all about how 
we can be so easily triggered in the holidays around yeah. food and just that I think it was that taking the breath right mm-hmm. which sounds really easy and it technically is if your mind is in the space to do it yeah. like I just said we'll see how I do at dinner tonight mm-hmm. I'll follow up but no but, but the <laughs> truth is right it's like it's a very small step that could make a very big impact yeah and so Lydia will will Lydia can guide you in a really special way. So if you're hearing this podcast and it resonates with you, I highly suggest checking her out. So your mm-hmm. website is your name. Yep, LydiaMcLean.com. So it's it's L-Y-D-I-A-M-C-C-L-A-I-N.com. It will be posted below. Mm-hmm. You're on Facebook. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. And Instagram, you have the dot between your first and yeah. last name. Right. Yeah. So they could subscribe to your newsletter and mm-hmm. then they get a seven-minute 11-minute breath. Oh, 11 minutes. Mine's yeah. only seven. <laughs> you don't so get good. it with just the newsletter. You have to actually. Oh. <laughs> but you have a guided meditation yeah. when they join your mailing list. It's all and attuned to your voice and yeah. opening up. Yeah. And you, I'll say that Lydia is not, like, I sometimes go on mailing lists and then I get go off them quickly because I feel like, okay, I don't need to hear from you every day. So I feel like. Your newsletters are not like that. I'm like, like once a month. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And I think that's <laughs> it's very respectful of the people reading because then they want to read what you have to say. So um, yeah, so keep posted, and um, I will definitely connect anyone to Lady mm. that needs connection and is having a hard time finding you. But it's pretty easy. It's your name yeah. all across the board, and um, tip is an amazing oh connector. I have to just things. add. I almost <laughs> forgot. You have an upcoming, I don't know the date yet, but we can, they can check it you out. You have an upcoming virtual group. Yeah, it's going to be a special virtual group for the holidays yeah. to work through the stress around food, around family drama, dynamics, and sharing some tools and strategies to come back to your breath and stay sane through the holidays. I'm signing up. <laughs> your first. I'll be your first one on there. And um, yeah, so that's cool because people can do that. Yeah. And um, and that's a nice way, I think, when people start with a group, they can not only connect to you, but maybe connect to the other people who are breathing. Absolutely. Yeah. Find your community. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited. Connection oh, secure. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tiff. Thank You're you amazing. so much. You just... Thanks for rolling with me through all the technical I difficulties. <laughs> I just, I just adore you and spending time with you. And it's just, you're, you're so inspiring to me. I'm so Thank happy to you. be here. Oh my heart. Okay, I'm not gonna cry. No, you can, <laughs> wait. I can cry. You can cry. I can't. And Let you that can shit too. go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we're recording at my house, um, yeah. just for sake of ease, which I think has been probably the least easy. Yeah. So any of the sound issues that you've heard or the dogs barking me snapping my fingers it's all oh, my. imperfection right yes yeah, that's what we're embracing we're embracing it and 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 before you go just one final hit oh, of oh, asmr comes. <laughs> i'm gonna have to like sit by you all night and what have just pour that? bubbles you could do that I'm you could record you should start recording asmr I feel like there's a little bit of a shady side to it, though. Uh, we'll have to investigate. We need to talk about this over here. Yeah, because there's. I went down a rabbit hole that I wish I never had. Okay. Oh wait, I think you told me about mm-hmm. this. We need to recap. I'll tell you what. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks Yay. you guys for listening, and uh, thanks, be sure to check Lydia out. Oh, thanks, Tiff. Thank you. Bye.